Holly G with the Golf Insiders for our Season Ender podcast. It's a pleasure to always spend a few minutes with one of our favorites, Damon Hack, co-host of Morning Drive on Golf Channel. Damon, still a lot of golf uh, wrapping up here in December, but the most important question is, have you finished your Christmas shopping? I have, Holly G, and, and happy holidays to you. Christmas shopping is done, um, just under the wire. And, you know, every year we, we know the date, don't we? It, it doesn't change, but still, it always is a last-minute thing. Uh, I'd say with a couple days to spare, uh, I'm, I'm in good shape. Well, I am impressed because I thought most men, it's a, it's a written rule. You don't start shopping until noon on Christmas Eve. But, of course, this is a different year. Uh, we had some things going down to the wire in Naples, uh, the CME Group Tour Championship, which is the LPGA's uh, year-ender. It's their version of the FedEx Cup, and Jin Young-Ko uh, walking away with the tournament. Uh, really was, and how neat that she only played four events this season on the LPGA and got better every time, every week. She spent most of the the COVID break for the LPGA playing on the Korean LPGA tour played very well over there, came back, admitted it took her a little bit of time to get readjusted to the LPGA and got readjusted just in time. Didn't she a co-runner finish at the U S women's open that got her to Naples into the final field event. She just played beautifully uh, alongside one of her, you know, good friends and say young Kim, who's been gunning for that top spot, the Rolex world ranking and, was arguably the hottest player on the LPGA going into Naples, and Jin Young Ko absolutely rose to the occasion uh, to really finish her year in style. Yeah, they sure did. Um, probably not the uh, year the LPGA expected, their 70th anniversary, uh, but, um, you know, it looks like a pretty exciting 2021 um, in terms of 34 events plus the Solheim Cup and record prize money coming up. Mike Kwan continuing to do an amazing job. Absolutely. And, of course, the Olympics back, hopefully. They're still calling it the Tokyo 2020 Games, but they're looking at uh, that as well. Mike Kwan has done a wonderful job. He always talked about how important it was for the players to be able to take care of sponsors, shake hands, know their names good program partners in that in a pinch those types of relationships would come through and I think that's why you're seeing such a robust 2021 schedule for the LPGA they're just such good partners including the CME you know Terry Duffy the, the CEO of CME I spent some time with him over the weekend and talking about his relationship with the LPGA and why it's important to support uh, women's sports years through his players really coming to the fore uh, and to help the tour stay um, not just afloat, but uh, but really kind of in the red and, or in the black and positive and, and doing good things uh, for 2021. Yeah, very, very exciting. Uh, women's golf just uh, getting uh, bigger and better, and uh, those women can play, Damon. Um, speaking of great play, and I'm sure you can relate to this as a father of three boys, Justin Thomas and his dad winning the PNC championship right here in Orlando over the weekend. Yeah, I still consider it my home course, even though I've moved to Connecticut. I uh, 
Love that place designed by Greg Norman. Need to see the shock in the field as well, but obviously the big stories were, were JT and, and Mike and, of course, Tiger and Charlie uh, out there uh, entertaining all of us at home and the few members that got to walk the course with them. So what a neat event. It's only grown. I mean, it's amazing what it, uh, where it started, and now everybody seems to want to play, and you have to think this will be an annual stop now for Tiger and Charlie and for – for Justin Thomas and his dad, a PGA professional, and, and Mike Thomas. So neat the little interplay between the Woods and um, Thomas families. And we learned that Mike is, uh, you know, also overseeing Charlie's swing, uh, as it were. So he works with his son. He works with Tiger's son. And I, I guess you could say it's almost like a Butch Harmon type of stable when you talk about the talent that Mike Thomas uh, has under his watch these days. But what a great viewing experience for the, for the fans and, for someone like Tiger, who's been so private throughout his life and career, uh, it really shows his evolution as a dad, as a person that he felt comfortable enough to have his son out there um, wanting to put his swing in front of the cameras, and uh, the cameras loved it, and, and so did all the viewers at home. They sure did. Uh, there was so much buzz about Tiger and Charlie, and, you know, it was just remarkable to watch the mannerisms of the two of them. I mean, it is just mini me to the max, Damon. Just, you know, the way they would watch their the shots they hit, the way they stood. I mean, you know, their routines. It's amazing. Oh, the genes are, are so strong. And we see it year after year. We used to see it with Davis. And, and, and Drew Love, when they would have the similar mannerisms, Mark and uh, Mark O'Meara and Sean O'Meara, just kind of the body language. And, and here you got Tiger and Charlie kind of, uh, you know, waggling the same and your club twirling after great shots and folding their arms at the same time and kind of leaning back at the same time. It's amazing how strong genes are. Uh, and as a, a father of triplets, I'm, I'm seeing it triplicate. But it's yeah. really, really neat for us to see see a Tiger Woods who was once so reticent being so open now. I think they, they need to give you, uh, you know, your own slot in the PNC in the future. <laughs> you, you, you'd you be a foursome. <laughs> well, you know, we'd have, uh, we'd have large numbers, and they'd have to give us some uh, a whole bunch of shots and let us see it up a little bit forward. But uh, I, wouldn't turn out, I wouldn't turn out an invite if somehow I could – uh, find my way to winning a players or a major. Well, I, I think we need to start that conversation. Um, you know, <laughs> it was interesting. Mike Thomas was saying that he was, you know, kind of nervous. And uh, Justin said, you know, I was really rooting for him to hole out that birdie putt on 18. It, this was kind of an emotional uh, experience for the two of them. I tell you what, you go through the history of this great, tournament, uh, you know, the smile on the face of Bernhard Langer winning uh, several times now, a couple times with Jason. Um, that was last year. I was actually on the ground for that. David Duvall, who was such a reluctant superstar and would play behind sunglasses and very stoic in the midst of his rise to number one, said winning with his stepson was, was the greatest championship he'd ever win. And his smile told you that it was true. And and Tiger and Charlie, the memories they'll have, and, and JT and, and Mike. I mean, these are these are, are guys who are, are used to traveling the tour and going after big money purses and, and history and major championships. But to play with your your child or your father or Annika Sorenstam case, her dad or, or Bernard Langer, his son or daughter, 
this means as much. It really does. It's as much as a green jacket or a claret jug uh, or, or an LPGA U.S. Women's Open. It just it just means as much to these players to, to be with the, their kin inside the ropes. Uh, it's memories they cherish forever. Absolutely. And, you know, um, big, big shoes to fill for Charlie Woods, but at 11 years old, my goodness, he certainly seemed to handle all the attention, uh, you know, tucked that hat down and seemed to seemed to be pretty serious about his golf, Damon. My goodness, and, and what better instructor uh, in, in life, uh, the ups and downs and the, the glare of the camera and how to deal with travel and expectations and different grasses from the Poana out west to the Bermuda in Florida. Uh, there's no better example for, for a myriad of reasons than, than Tiger Woods and, and Charlie didn't shy away from it. You know, he seems to, to be lapping it up, relishing it. I mean, and some folks have gone a little crazy already having odds posted on, on him winning a major championship. When will he be number one? When will oh he my goodness. Masters? When will he win his first Masters? Oh yeah, social media went crazy as you can imagine. You hope that folks tap the brakes on, on those types of expectations, but for one weekend anyway, and really for a week, because as soon as we saw them on property, it was cameras on, lights, uh, ready, set, go. And the folks just uh, around the golf world just absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was it was a real treat, especially uh, to end uh, a you know, very crazy uh, COVID year, no doubts. And um, across the pond, as they say, Lee Westwood winning the race to Dubai and voted the European Golfer of the Year at age 47, Damon. Amazing. Oh, I'm so happy for this great night of the European Tour. Uh, third time winning it. Uh, I want to say one in his 20s, and now at 47 to do it again. Uh, the respect he has uh, inside the locker room and both tours, the European Tour and the PGA Tour, for someone who has seen that the dark side of the game and, and you know, rose to stardom and then really lost his game and built it back up, built his body up, rose to world number one, and obviously had so many close calls in the majors, but uh, should he ever, you know, never win a major, it is still a remarkable career with, with the Ryder Cup heroics that he's had, and really just been a staple of that tour, and I think he's going to have one more, you know, one more run, maybe if he got a major championship, which he considered that he was a winner again this year on the European Tour, and he has stayed in great shape. Ball striking is his ticket. And, you know, much like a VJ scene or, or a Kenny Perry, maybe this is someone who will compete very well deep into his 40s and maybe put a scare into a major championship trophy uh, as Darren Clark did all those many years ago. As we move into 2021, uh, Damon, what, um, you know, what are some of your predictions? Uh, what do you see ahead for Tiger? His game looked pretty good. Uh, out there at the PNC, what's uh, what's in your crystal ball? Yeah, I, I think a lot of us who follow Tiger think that what we saw uh, in Orlando at the PNC Championship will bode well for him, just from a motivational standpoint. At, at this point in his career, you need reasons to get up in the morning and hit balls and hit the gym and take care of his back, and, and he has that in his son, who clearly loves the game who clearly is talented and wants to play with his dad. So I think that, you know, for all of our predictions and curiosity about Tiger, I think we're seeing it 
you know, live and living color, the, the motivation of a child and a child who loves the game and what that can do for Tiger. I think that's as motivating as passing Sam Snead or catching Jack Nicklaus is being able to be healthy enough and motivated enough to play golf and enjoy the time with his son. So I think that goes well for Tiger, who obviously had a very uneven 2020, as a lot of big names did. Uh, Rory McIlroy, who started out so strongly uh, before the COVID break and never really got it back. Another interesting person to watch, especially with another Masters uh, about 100 days out. Can he finally uh, win the career Grand Slam at a place that has eluded him? So Tiger and Rory, uh, Justin Thomas has my eye always just because he's so serious about how he goes about his business. Uh, says fourth place and sixth place and second place does, does nothing for him. He's all about hoisting trophies. So for me, it's the big names, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm. Uh, you know, Rahm considered maybe the best player without a major now. Uh, put Tommy Fleetwood in that camp as well. I'm always excited about what the game has to offer. 2021 is no different. Two to form as the holidays approach. The twinkling music of Augusta and the CBS ads already running for the 2021 Masters. And who's your early pick, Damon? Wow, great question. My early pick is Dustin Johnson, considering he just won by five over Cameron Smith and Sung J.M. Uh, he has really leaped uh, to the level that we all thought he would be in 2017 going into that Masters when he got hurt, and everyone thought he was going to win that Masters, and he, of course, wasn't able to compete. Uh, his motivation comes from many places. He thought he was a bit of an underachiever himself, thought he should have won twice as many tournaments, said that quote going into 2020 um, at the Century Tournament of Champions, thought he should have won many more majors, and he started to really kind of put his money where his mouth is. I think Brooks kept his arrival and success has also motivated Dustin Johnson to do great things, so... I think it's the, the motivation of a rival in Brooks. It's the self-analysis um, that he hasn't done what he probably should. And it's also, as Paul Isner told me, the fact that when golfers get to that late 30s stage, you know, Dustin Johnson is 36 years of age, they start to see their kind of golf mortality uh, coming to a close. So I think it's a lot of factors that have collaborated uh, for Dustin Johnson to continue to do great things. Yeah, I, I think this could be a a green light uh, couple of years here for DJ, um, especially given how he was able to navigate uh, the COVID season. So it's it's going to be a very, very exciting 2021. And ex speaking of exciting and news, lots of things happen at the Golf Channel in your new headquarters in Connecticut. Yeah, a lot of uh, change. But I think a lot of it's good. Um, a new show that I'll be with, uh, Shane Bacon, formerly of Fox, who was on a part of the USDA coverage. We're going to do a show called Golf Today, Wednesday through Sunday. You'll see Jimmy Roberts and Anna Whiteley as a part of that on Monday and Tuesday. Just really excited. Uh, bittersweet last couple of days as we bid farewell to Morning Drive, which I was a part of for eight wonderful years. Uh, Gary Williams and Eric Casillas launched that show. January of 2011, I hopped off board late in 2012. It's been a huge part of my life and, and the main thing I did at Golf Channel. So uh, it was a really um, a great honor. To, I wrote an essay to kind of say goodbye to Morning Drive. It ran on Sunday of CME. Um, it, it was part of a Morning Drive coverage to, to kind of say goodbye. You saw Matt Adams, 
Paige McKenzie, Robert Cameron, and Lauren Thompson in the studio as well that day. Uh, but, you know, we moved forward with a, a new show and uh, the same enthusiasm and excitement for golf. And I think you'll see some similarities to Morning Drive, some things different. It'll be more of a midday show leading into kind of Golf Central pregame. And, and Shane loves the game as much as I do. We're going to have a lot of fun. All the best of, of luck to the Golf Channel as it moves into its next decade, Damon. Absolutely. It's been such a great part of my life as a uh, first a sports writer and now a broadcaster. And I think the King would be pleased to see how it's grown and how we'll continue to, to do our best to, to abide by the, the wonderful lessons of the game and, and really just continue to embrace not just the professional game, but the game of, of you and me and, and all the great lovers of the game around the world. Absolutely. Well, um, appreciate your time and uh, wishing you all the best for the happiest of holidays to you, the boys, you know, your wife, and we always appreciate your time on the Golf Insiders. Merry, Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Can't wait to catch up again in 2021.